Good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. You are checking out yet another Woke and Baked. And today, my guest is local Bang Muay Thai brown belt and the owner of AK-49 Martial Arts, Seth Stacy. He is a frequent guest of the show. We talk about all kinds of things, including the upcoming UFC 249, which is headlined by Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje. Now, previously on the podcast, we went over the keys to winning for both Tony Ferguson and Habib Nurmagomedov. However, that fight is not happening, and Tony is fighting Justin. We're getting a good old-fashioned American ass whipping on potentially May 9th in California. Maybe we'll see how that turns out. All right, but it is Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje headlining a very, very solid UFC 249. We break down the card uh, for UFC 249, and we go over basic preparedness for the next evil, disastrous pandemic emergency go around because right now we're coming out of this thing hopefully you're in a place that's coming out of this thing too and we're thinking about ways to move forward going forward for everything that is happening now and is going to be happening in the future because we can kind of see the way things are playing out now and kind of game how they're going to go in the future so we go over preparedness we go over the importance of martial arts for all of this and how if you are thinking about getting into martial arts right now there's no there's no better time there's no more important time for you to get into martial arts than right now all right so let's run down the supporters right real quick and when i say let's uh let's i mean like let us but me specifically do this for you iron asylum located at 35165 kb drive in soldatna you can find them on instagram as well as facebook and their website the iron asylum gym ak.com all right Check out their website. Order some hoodies. Order some t-shirts. Order some booty shirts. They've got those too. I look good in them. Damn good. All right. That is iron. Uh, that is the Iron Asylum Gym, AK.com. Or call 907-953-4720 for more information. That number again, 907-953-4720. Next up, we've got Red Run Cannabis Company located on the Kenai Spur Highway. They are the makers of fine concentrates, the growers of fine flour, and the brewmeisters behind Hashade. If you are not familiar with Hashade, that is because either A, you are not of age, or B, you do not live in Alaska. If you do not live in Alaska, I'm sorry. If you are not of age, again, I'm sorry, but one day you'll be 21 and you can walk your sweet ass into Red Run or your favorite cannabis retailer and get your hands on some of that sweet ass hashade. All right. They also carry flour from your favorite cultivators, including Bob's Morning Bear, Warner Brothers, Greatland Ganja, as well as dun, 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 edibles from your favorite manufacturers to include Lady Grey, fireweed extracts i think i mentioned red run also manufactures their own oils terp sauces all that good stuff they they have all of that all right be sure to check out their website redruncannabiscompany.com for more details as well as product descriptions and be sure to check out weed maps for their current menu if you're planning on stopping by the shop all right 5150 located in the heart of soldatna they are your home for american-made cbds like naked or blue label so if you're trying if you've been out looking for a good vapable cbd product in the city of soldatna 5150 located in the heart of soldatna has your cbd vapable products all right 
Our guest today is one of the sponsors uh, slash supporters of the podcast at AK-49 Combat Sports located in the Peninsula Center Mall. When this is all done, be sure to check out the Peninsula Center Mall and get yourself into a sweet-ass Bang Muay Thai class or a Mountain Jiu-Jitsu BJJ class. As soon as we can get it back into those 5 a.m. zombie classes for BJJ, I will be there. I look forward to seeing you there. We can choke the shit out of each other for fun. I'm looking forward to it. All right, coming up very, very soon, um, the Streaming Service and Chill podcast. The website is already up. That's streamingserviceandchill.com. We are going over all kinds of movies, some you should watch, some you should not watch, to include movies like How High 2, Hobbs and Shaw, the YouTube uh, feature Out of Shadows. There's nothing that is off limits to this. All right, folks, without further ado, cannabis warning, and then Seth Stacy. Yay! As per 3AAC 306.360 Alaska Marijuana Control Board Cannabis Use Warning, A. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. B. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. C. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. D. For use only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children. And E. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Red Run Cannabis Company, License 3A10056. Red Run Cannabis Cultivators, License 4A10052. Red Run Cannabis Cultivators, License 5A19372. 5455 Kenai Spur Highway, 12156 Kenai Spur Highway, Kenai, Alaska, 99611. What's up, Billy? Man, did we just break social distancing? We did, we did. See that? That's how you get tickets. You get big, lots of tickets, big fines. Well, they suggested. It's not enforced at the moment. It's suggested, so. Good, because I've been making out with everyone I see. That's perfect, except for me. That's good that you haven't chose to do that. We're also just getting started. All right. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> What's going on? How's, how's your quarantine been? It's, you know, uh, I'm glad that media is dubbed as essential because um, my wife is a teacher, so she's at home with all of the kids oh. who are all at home. And so you're off doing your own thing. I'm absolutely just off doing it. leave the kids, the wife at home. I get to, to do my, uh, my essential work. So you're doing your double quarantine. You're double quarantining yourself. Yes. Quarantining yourself away from the wife and the kids. Well, I'm keeping them away from me and and uh, and the like. So, yeah. you know, okay, they're... I've been doing that my whole life, Bill. Did you just start? We, we're, um... Fuck. We suck at this. So, we're, uh, we're, we're recording. Are you recording? We are. So By the way, for those of you that aren't aware, this uh, entire studio is in the... Also in the break room. Uh, so it is what it is. I thought you recorded over there, so I thought you were just having like private. No, no, we're shooting video and we're making the space and. Okay, I'll be quiet. Oh, thank you, sir. By the way, we're not going to edit any of that out. This yeah. is this is this, this is just the mystery guy. This is as real as it gets. You we know who he is, but you don't. You don't need to. Um, <laughs> I think the email is unplugged. Yes. We're gonna have to reset. Keep doing your video. Just keep going. I'm good. All right. Uh, it just needs to be plugged into the power strip. All right. All right. So yeah, you got 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 yourself some quarantine from the family too. Quarantine, quarantine. Yeah, it's quarantine cubed. It's cubantined. 
Cuban Cube warranting. Yeah. I don't know. Well, there's a word for it. That's it. What have you been doing during your quarantine? So I, uh, I've gotten better at editing video uh, and recording podcasts over the phone. I've also, I mean, we're talking about like what we've done. I've uh, got my websites up and going. One of them is streamingserviceandchill.com. Nice. Uh, also working on the streaming service and chill po- or, uh, podcast. So talking to people about what movie and what movies and musics are available on streaming services. What about oh, you? Nothing, man. Uh, well, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. I spent a lot of time at home when it first started. And then uh, now I've just been kind of spending time with my family. Um, now that my, my lady got laid off from her job. So we've just been at home doing stuff there and then uh, trying to keep people at my gym while the doors are closed been doing some private sessions at home or wherever we can to make sure that i'm still accommodating them that my group of people at the gym have been fantastic as far as you know supporting me and stuff um i was hoping that like i really hope by may 1st we open up our doors it's kind of looking like that through what trump's saying that he's gonna look to start getting started again and i think that our state is pretty low as far as the COVID-19 is concerned. I don't think there's going to necessarily be a spike. I think our spike has already somewhat happened. Um, So hopefully we can get our doors back open by May 1st. They've also been saying that gyms are looking to be an essential. So they'll just have strict restrictions, you know, they put uh, strict specifications on what we have to do as far as cleaning and stuff like that. That makes me happy, right? I think, I mean, well, they were also saying that like Exercise is, you know, obviously it's helpful for you to um, not get as ill, not get sick from it, you know. So I think, you know, obviously breathing and expelling and getting a bunch of junk out of your lungs is important. The more stagnant, stationary you are, you know, locked up in your home, I think the worse it would be, you know. So how have you been keeping yourself active? I mean, you said you you're um, you're doing some some privates with uh, with your students, but personally, like what are you um, doing? Just at home, like hitting mitts with my girlfriend, or you know, hitting mitts with my kid. You know, been time to kind of pass on some of the stuff that I was doing with them. Um, I use a couple different you know systems for like mitt work. Um, obviously, BMT, you know, Bang Muay Thai. That's what I mainly run at my gym. But I study like Mayweather mitts. Mayweather mitt holding from like Roger Mayweather and uh, Floyd Senior. Rest in peace to Roger. Yeah, I know that was super sad. I, I I watch a lot of the on YouTube. I watch a lot of the videos of him holding mitts for like hours. I watch him right, trying to see what he's doing right. This repetitious flow that he's doing, and now I use that in my house. So you don't really need a lot of movement when when you're kind of doing that style of mitts. You know, you could stay stationary. Whereas in like BMT, there's a lot of, a lot more footwork and movement. I mean. Floyd and Roger use footwork, you know, but you don't have to. You can stay stationary with the stuff as well. So that's what I was doing. I was doing more Mayweather style mitts just at the house. Different, different. uh, So like um, what I mean by that is they have a flow that they run and their counters are different than BMT. So like when you watch uh, Roger Mayweather um, and Floyd, they run a sequence which is like up and then six up hook cross and then they run that flow over and over again they don't really move a lot they use like more short uh reactionary stuff there um but for my students and people who are at home we actually use the full punching sequence but that's your flow and so you're running this flow and then you have different commands 
while you're punching. So you're like punching, evade, and then you're right back to the punching, running that flow. So like in boxing, you know, you're hitting, moving your head, evading, countering, hitting, and that's kind of the cycle. So that's what we've been doing at home, sharing that with my girlfriend and sharing that with my kid and uh, just giving different perspectives for striking. Okay. Yeah. So well, there are a couple of different reasons that, that I wanted to talk to you. One of them was how are you staying active through all of this? Um, yeah, doing that. Yeah. So one of the other questions is upcoming UFC 249. But while you're talking about um, Roger and Roger Mayweather, can you kind of break down the differences between the coaching style or, or the mid-holding style, someone like Roger Mayweather uh, versus um, someone like Freddie Roach? Okay, perfect. You know, so first off, I'll say this. When you watch the flows of the Mayweathers, right, that's what they do for media day. Okay? There's value to that. And what I mean by the value to that is, is it's it'd be reactive. It's active recovery. So you don't really see them going hard, right? So, and then they're real mitt holding, because got, they got three different mitt holders, right? I mean, they now have two with the loss of Roger. But you'd have Floyd Sr., Jeff Mayweather, and Roger Mayweather, right? So the real mitt work, they would keep behind closed doors, I'm sure. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Have you ever seen uh, Floyd Sr.'s mitt work? No. His is somewhat similar. It's systemized, too. Right? Um, like Freddie Roach and, and Mitt work in a way. Right? They have scripts that they run. And that's for like camera and TV time. But behind the scenes is when they would work. They'd work the real timing, right? Kind of like what you see with Freddie Roach. So, so you know what I mean? I can, I, can do, I can do mitts in public. I'm still getting value out of it. But that's not what we're really doing. Yeah. You know what you're, I'm saying? You're getting a workout in. You're, you're getting showing a workout off in. You're showing off for the cameras. It's still reactivity, but yet it's also an active recovery. You see what I'm saying? You can do that stuff light, and it's just helping your reactions, but you're probably able to still recover because the intensity isn't as high. They go more like duration, which would be like great aerobic you know, concepts. Um, when you're doing stuff with Freddie Roach, for instance, or Danny Garcia's mint holder, or Canela's mint holder, um, coaches, excuse me, their strikes are real. That's what would be like they would use in the fight. And they're working certain strategic concepts in there um, to utilize distance and range or maybe setups, right? Mayweather and those guys do that, but that's what's hidden. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You get your public display. Here's this flow. Yeah, your, your top yeah, here's secret. Here's our flow. Our yeah. yeah, and then you have exactly the game plan you're working. I mean, that makes, that makes perfect sense. Where if, yeah. you're, if you're talking about strategy, then you, you don't want to give away you don't want to give away everything you're gonna do. Yeah. Um, especially if especially if I don't know, there's a vague idea of what you're going to do anyway. If you're yeah. say in a mixed martial arts fight with Dan Henderson, Dan Henderson's gonna wrestle you. He's that's where or yeah. he's gonna punch you in the head. Those are the yeah. two things that you should really yeah, worry watch about. Watch out for the right hand. Yeah. However, um, you know, if he started breaking down, uh, breaking out some crazy kickboxing. Um, that you just weren't prepared for. Some switch cross hooks like TJ. He's certainly not going to like show in the public workout like this is what he can do. See, that's exactly it, right? They're just going to do a natural accumulation of some variable things. It's not going to necessarily be exactly what they're working on for via the fight. Yeah. Right. It's a summary. Yeah. Yeah, and I love it to be honest with you. Something I loved about the Mayweather. 
when I do the Mayweather mix, with, and there's several different kinds, but when I do the flow, I make sure that they're really doing punches. So everything is still technical. Whereas like when you're watching Mayweather, he's doing these short, right? Yeah. Little tight movements. And I think that those are also important as well because that's your reactivity, right? And if you see Mayweather, he's super quick, right? That's it. You're keeping those reactions. If you can get a punch here, we can get a punch there quick. Yeah? So when I'm working with my guys, I have them do full punch sequences. I make sure they're throwing real punches, right? I may shut down the power and not have them do as much power, more aerobic conditioning, more volume, right? That way they're still staying active without hitting as much. And then when I'm working BMT or game plans with the pads on that, then they're really hitting. Right? That way you're getting the best of both worlds. Yeah. You know? It's perfect. So. so, yeah. Between the two, that's it. Mayweather, you have that style. And then Freddie Roach is a lot like BMT or the things that we're doing, um, which is more like scenario. Scenario implemented things. Or, uh, yeah, scenario. So, if you're in this position, what do you do? What is yeah. the training Yeah, or response? here's our game plan, right? Like, uh, we're going to do this combination to set this up. Like, because this guy likes to do this. So, we're going to do some of these things. Um, to like maybe draw a certain sequence out of him that he tends to do so we can counter it or something, you know? Um, yeah, more situational. I'm going to go shut the door real quick. Perfect. And then um, we're going to talk about UFC 249. UFC 249, perfect. I like it. This is one of those fights that as a fan, it's, it's the reason you pay for a pay-per-view. I'm, I'm honestly... If we're talking about getting together with our friends to eat meals and talk shit and watch the fights... I'm more excited to do that fight companion with you guys oh, yeah. than to do uh, Habib and Tony because you kind of know, like we were talking about earlier, you know how someone is going to prepare. You yeah. can kind of expect the takedown, which against someone like uh, like Tony with that kind of wrestling, I think that Tony is a much better matchup than just about anyone else for uh, Habib's style of fighting. Um, I think that he has, uh, in, in that weight division... And, and I think, I think Justin name. gives him more problems than than uh, Tony does because of the power punching. Um, also the wrestling. I, I like To be honest with you, so we'll go off topic just a little bit. Ferguson versus Khabib. I pick Khabib. I don't think uh, Ferguson's jiu-jitsu. I mean, he's got good jiu-jitsu, but I don't think that beats Khabib. Khabib has faced way higher level jiu-jitsu practitioners than Tony. But we're talking about his, his, good his, 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 hold on, his volume is dangerous to Khabib, but the volume is only dangerous if he's standing up, and Khabib's going to take him down and then maul him. Right? That's just, that's what Khabib's going to do. What, uh, whereas Justin, he's got really great wrestling. Also, he's got power punching, and he has a great keen eye. Right, if Khabib took him down, I, I, you know, obviously I could see, you know, Justin obviously having problems, but I don't, I don't know if Khabib could take, uh, he'd run into the cage and take him down there, whereas Justin has more of an option to knock him out. Tony doesn't carry the knockout power, so I, I just see Tony. If Tony implemented the volume, then he could be successful. But the more you're standing there throwing volume, the more accessible you are for being taken down, right? Because you're in the pocket. That's the main concern either way. The power punching, Justin can at least move away, keep distance, 
and then maybe potentially tying Khabib. It is. You know, like when yeah. you saw like Connor, when Connor fought Khabib, what do you do? He went in there, tried to wrestle him, which he shouldn't have. He should have kept his distance and made Khabib bridge the gap. So you see what I'm saying? So the more you're like punching, right? You're in you're front of the guy. Yeah. If you could move and you be selective with it, you could catch him. Catch Khabib. And Khabib can be hit, right? And with Justin's timing and accuracy and power, that's the one it could get and not potentially knock out, you know, Khabib. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, and I don't think Ferguson off of his back, I mean obviously that's an attribute that a lot of other people don't have, but I don't see um, Tony surviving down there with Khabib's ground pound. I think the elbows would make a, a, a big difference. So that and that's one of the things okay. we're we're talking about a guy um, whose whose elbows are essentially razor blades. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're razor blades with with baseball bats attached to them. And so yeah, but you got to be that close. What is he gonna do? He's gonna tie you up and take you down. Habib so, would have to be on top of you for for you to make those work. Which but, is not a place but, you want. But to. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if, if Tony's using elbows or trying to use elbows, right? Khabib just level changes. He he's in close proximity. You don't want Khabib in close proximity with you. He's going to take you down. Well, those elbows exist for Tony in every position. They uh, they exist for him. I, I would expect Tony to be on the a couple of times. There's there's a fight, um, one of Lauren Murphy's fights. Um, I can't remember the lady's name. She was third. Um, she was ranked third. Sarah McMahon. Okay. It was Sarah Mc, uh, the wrestler? Yes. Olympic wrestler. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Lauren Murphy landed like 150 strikes from bottom while Sarah just held her, elbows included, and Lauren still lost the fight. So if you think that the elbows are striking off the bottom and the judge's perspective is going to win you the fight, that's not what's going to happen. The people can have the dominant position. Khabib in a dominant position, even though Ferguson's trying to elbow him. You see what I'm saying? Do you think Tony and Ferguson would go to a decision? I think once Khabib gets you down on the ground, you're dead. It's just only a matter of time. He is so he is so efficient there, especially up against the cage. He is so efficient and so effective there. That's it. I mean, it's got to take wind out of your sails. Do you remember the Michael Johnson fight? Yeah, dude, no, that's that really so sad. Like, dude, yeah, he beat him, and then he said, and he was saying things like, "Just you, you, you don't need to do this. Yeah, we see, know you're but, tough. I respect you." But that's it. See, that's what I'm saying. When when you see, that, he does that to every single human being he has faced. Look at what Tony has done, I, and and I mean, like, I'm not hating on Tony because Tony is a fantastic fighter right he really is super creative super versatile does like unexpected things all the time and that's what it takes his volume is great you know like when you watch the tony fight pettis pettis is a great striker if you give him time by the way according to ariel hawani uh this morning tony ferguson made weight for 155 perfect Fucking champion. Champ shit only. Yeah. Um, but going back to Tony and Justin. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know we're getting is, off, right? Yeah. But off topic. But the point is, is all these perspectives play into something that I'm thinking. Yeah. If Tony, in the first round, it just depends on Tony's pressure and volume. And Justin's got great timing. I don't, uh, as long as Justin isn't going backwards, 
And, and, and to be honest with you, like, I, I love Justin. Like, I, I've watched him train. I've talked with him. Visited him. I'm good friends with his coach, Trevor Whitman. Uh, he's one of my mentors. Um, By the way, shout out to Onyx. Yeah, absolutely, right? Justin can win this fight because he's got his power. Um, like, even what he did with Cowboy. You know, this last fight that he had. So, as far as Ferguson and Gaethje, the people that like I pick, this is going to be a tough one, right? I probably should just say I'm not going to pick a winner, right? Um, I think whoever implements their game plan best. Tony Ferguson, I think with volume, he's got to be selective in the first couple rounds and then pressure Justin Gaethje to win. If he, if he gets reckless in there, Justin is going to knock him out. So, going back to, to previous fights in other sports, uh, yes. we were talking about uh, Roger versus Freddie, talking okay. about Pacquiao yeah. and Mayweather. Do you see this as a coaching battle, say, Eddie Bravo versus uh, Trevor Whitman? Well, that's two different <laughs> styles. Um, who's Ferguson's striking coach? I don't, know. I don't know who his striking coach is, to be honest with you. I'm almost certain he makes it up as he goes along. Well, I'm sure that he does. I know he does Jeet Kune Do and some, you know... Uh, Difference, abstract. He's abstract. He's unpredictable. He uses both stances. He uses volume. He breaks you down. Um, kind of like the fight with Kobe Covington and Robbie Lawler. Kobe Covington used a lot of volume against a power puncher, and the and the power puncher only was evading. He wasn't coming back and crashing with counters. I kind of see this fight the same way. I love Justin as a fan. I'm rooting for because of my thing. I'm rooting for Justin. I personally know him. If I had to put my money somewhere, I'd have to put it on Ferguson with his volume and overwhelming him. Okay. Right? Who else do we have on that card? Uh, Henry Cejudo, Dominic Cruz. Okay, so... I'm super excited to you know, like, talk um, trash on both parts. I, <laughs> they both lose. <laughs> There's no winners there, right? <laughs> Just because I'm a TJ fan, right? So there you go, right? Gotta hate on Cruz. Gotta I mean, hate on Cejudo. It's it's definitely um, it's definitely a strategy fight. It's, yeah. It's um, my issue with Dominic Cruz coming out of nowhere and getting a, a title shot doesn't seem doesn't seem right doesn't seem fair. But it is what it is, right? Dominic Cruz has a lot of fans. He has a lot of people that like him and are just excited to see him fight. Now, if he is able to take the belt from Henry Cejudo, who off the top of my head, is probably the most decorated combat athlete on the planet. We were talking about a couple of Olympic golds. We're talking about a couple of UFC golds. We're, we're talking, um, I mean, that's really it. Those are two really high level. Can you think of anyone else off the top of your head who is uh, um, at a higher level, a championship level? Da Daniel Cormier. Well, not higher level, but right there. Yep, Daniel yeah. Cormier. You know, champ, champ. Bronze medal, I think. You know, him. John Jones. Demetrius Johnson. So there, there are a couple. Like Demetrius of Johnson was pretty much the baddest dude on the planet. Demetrius Johnson probably is the baddest man on the planet. Yeah. Pound for pound. If pound you made for pound. him technical, six, technical. Yeah. He if is. you made him six foot five and three hundred, he's still he's even scarier. But also Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz at that time, of course. I think this is great because I think what Cejudo is looking to do is the goat. I, I okay, Cejudo is a competitor at the highest level in everything he does. I think he's a little bit awkward, you know? That's my opinion. Um, but when he does things, uh, as far as in winning the flyweight title, 
you know, uh, or you know, get winning the flyweight title against Demetrius. I was there. He did a great job. Pressured him. You know, um, when I went back and watched it, it could have gone either way. But in the moment in L.A. when that was going on, it was intense, and it looked like it looked like Cejudo was winning. You know, in live. But then when you go watch back and watch it, it could have gone either way. In my opinion, it could have gone either way. Um, him beating TJ, TJ coming down to t challenge him for the flyweight title. TJ cut too much weight. Uh, in my opinion, right? It's hard to cut weight and go down and then take the same kind of punch. Cejudo was used to doing that all the time. Beat TJ at his own game in, in that in, in instance, right? And then uh, him coming up and winning the the or winning the open bantamweight title, right? Taking that, uh, I. Like, Cejudo is there, and then who was the pound-for-pound 135-pound king? Dominic Cruz. So when you're, like, looking to solidify your legacy, who would you have to beat to call yourself one of the GOATs? I mean, you have to he, be. Yeah, because TJ was calling himself, uh, 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 you know, people were starting to call TJ the GOAT. Demetrius was, for sure, was one of the GOATs, right? Greatest of all time. He beat TJ. Who do you got to pick off now to be a goat. I mean, you have to. You have to pick off Dominic Cruz, yeah. right? He was the guy. So for Cejudo, I can see that. I could see that. I could see that why that would work for Dominic. He lost to Cody Garbrandt. Got set back. Had a bunch of injuries and stuff too. And now he's coming, coming to try to get that title back. Why not? Now Peter Yan. Uh, Peter Yan's a gangster. I, I'm a super fan of him already. So, um, do you think by taking a, a fight with Cruz, uh, Cejudo is, I don't know, avoiding Jan? Or is he giving Jan an opportunity to really shine and bring his own light to the table? Well, I think Jan ha uh, beating Faber doesn't really put Peter Jan in the running, right? No. No. Faber came out of retirement. Peter, Peter put it on him, right? For sure. There was no doubt about it. It was beautiful. Um, when you look at Dominic Cruz, he's a way bigger dude. Dominic Cruz is a pretty big bantamweight. He used to fight at 155 in the WBC when there was no, like, 145 or 135 class, right? Cejudo's a short dude. And when you look at Dominic Cruz's wrestling, how did he, he used to out-wrestle everybody all the time. Even Demetrius tried to take him down. Dominic Cruz was the guy that beat Demetrius when he was in the 135 division before he went to flyweight. Okay. So this is a great, this is a great matchup. Cejudo's aggressive. Dominic fights great going backwards. Switches his stance. Likes to pull you in. Do you think ring rust in the, in the case no, of No, not with Cruz. Dominic Cruz, no. I, I, think, I think something that like Dom is great about is that his mentality... He's so mentally strong, dude. You know? He, he's got a great fight IQ. Though, here, I'll give you the secret. The way to beat Dominic Cruz is not to chase him. You gotta pull him in, just like Cody Garbrandt did. Then you gotta have fast hands. You gotta be able to time him, right? That's it. That's what Cody did. He didn't bite on any of his fakes or feints. He drew him in and he timed him with the right hand, over and over and over. And as Dom, you know, because Dominic is a counter, uh, a, a counter fighter, but he'll fake and feint and get you to bite and get you to open up and then he picks you off, right? Or you blitz him. And you think you're going to go run him over. Dude, he's one of the best people at moving backwards and getting cutting angles and getting out of the way. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. He, he's a master of that. 
well, what does Cejudo like to do? He's going to try to blitz like that. That's right into that's right into freaking Dominic Cruz's game. How does this go? How does this go? Man, uh, could Cejudo? Cejudo's got pretty powerful hands, so he could catch Dom, maybe knock him out. If it goes the other way with Dom, Dom's bigger. I've never seen well. Uh, Joseph Benavides. Joseph Benavides beat him. Didn't really knock. Didn't knock him out, but went to decision. So I see that. Like I see Dominic Cruz potentially going to decision unless he in winning, unless he catches Cejudo. If Cejudo puts great pressure on Dom before Dominic can get a good feel for the timing and range and the distance with um, with Cejudo. Uh, if Cejudo can make that happen before uh, Cruz makes that adjustment, then I could see Cejudo getting him in the first, the second. And something that Cejudo's been really doing well is making adjustments. And, you know, um, when he fought Marlon Moranes, Marlon was beating him in the first. But then Cejudo made an adjustment. And that's what champions do. They make adjustments on the fly. And then he was having more success. So uh, I could see... If if Sahuda, the longer the fight goes on, the more I'm going to favor Cruz. The more I'm going to favor Cruz. He's a bigger man, uh, which is going to be harder for the smaller guy to take him down to wrestling. Don't get me wrong, Sahuda's got great world class wrestling, obviously, right? He's a, a gold medalist. Bigger man, it's harder for a smaller guy to take a bigger man down, grappling. Plus, Cruz is wrestling. Cejudo wants to be aggressive. If he lays back and waits too much with Cruz, Cruz will figure him out. The more aggressive that Cejudo is, the more Dominic can pull him in and do his game, which is supernatural. So you see what I'm saying? Yep. If, if Cejudo can be tricky in the first and get him kind of like he did TJ, then I would say Cejudo in the first couple. But the longer the fight goes, the more I'm going to pick so uh, Dominic. So do you uh, do you think? I mean, Dominic's had some some really serious knee injuries. Um, do you think that he's worried about the takedown from Cejudo? Dude, like look at look at the fight with Dominic Cruz and TJ. TJ's got pretty solid wrestling, and who won the wrestling battle? I Dominic it's been Cruz. A while since Dominic Cruz yeah. took him down right yeah. a couple times and controlled him. Didn't damage him, but controlled him a couple of times. Definite solid takedowns. So when you have these two people here, you know, I, I don't think the takedown's going to be so easy for Cejudo. And Cejudo's got to make a huge gap adjustment because he's a shorter guy versus Dom. Dom's a tall, long guy, and he evades. I mean, he's getting older, of course, right? Maybe youth, speed is on Cejudo's side. I just think that, like, I'd have to go with Dom on this one the more that the fight goes on I think if Cejudo's crafty and does some crazy bum rush and stuff and maybe might catch Dom I don't think Cejudo's going to knock him out okay Cruz um, is the bigger man you know alright so so that's my thought I'm calling I'm calling Dom the length of the fight okay you know that's what I would say and that'd probably be decision unless he catches him and knocks him out but. 
So win or lose, what do you think 135 has up for TJ next? I mean, are we looking he at He gets a, an immediate title shot. That's already kind of been talked about. And to be honest with you, I either way, I'd love to see him run it back with either one of the guys. TJ's done nothing but, in my opinion, I haven't talked to TJ and I haven't done anything, but I'm pretty positive TJ's been training super hard, watching tons of film, building game plans, as well as Dwayne is. So he's had two years to get to watch Cejudo fight more, two years to watch, uh, you know, to review things from what he did wrong with Dominic Cruz. Okay. What's your pick? You see? So I, I would, I think that the first fight for him back, all right, I don't necessarily agree with a, with an immediate title shot because of how he, he lost his belt, but it's not my fucking business. I do want to see he and Garbrandt uh, run it back. I know. Um, Garbrandt's or, just going to get knocked out again. Okay. So Like, TJ's already knocked him out twice, you know? So then... In the first one, and see, like, let's put it this way. The reason I say this is the second one, TJ got in there and traded heat with him. He went right to Cody's. Cody's got one weapon. You know what that is? Boxing. It's the right hand. Yeah. That's it. That's what Cody's got. TJ in the second fight in LA, I was there, watched it. TJ went right in there and traded right hands with him. The the bong. bong. Yeah, the three right hands, right? Yeah. He he traded the right hands with him. What, what does Cody have different? Cody has nothing different. And I hate being a jerk because I'm not trying to be mean, right? Yeah. Like Cody's a world class athlete. He's dangerous, right? But his toolbox. TJ's got a crazy toolbox. He's head kicked him. He he's caught him with the right hand before. He went into his power in the second fight, caught him with the right hand, knocked him out even faster. That you know, see what I'm saying? He did it in a short time. Cody's like Cody has to go down and fight P Peter Yan. That'd be a great fight. Okay. I think Peter beats Cody. Non-title fight. Who would you like to see uh, TJ come back and fight first? Marlon. Jose Aldo. Oh, Jose shit. Aldo. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. It could, we could potentially see um, Aldo throwing Aldo and TJ respond with an Aldo. Yeah. You could see you a double Aldo. A double Aldo. We could call it a Daldo. You don't want to call it a dildo. Um, if TJ... Okay, so if yeah. TJ incorporates see, great, the Aldo, it could be a dildo. Yeah. yeah you don't want that. Do you, no, you're fucked. Yeah. It hurts. <laughs> You so, gotta yeah. prepare for it. Yeah, to be honest with you, yeah, that's what I think. That would be a great fight. I'd love to see that. You know? Yeah. Um, there are a lot of fun fights. Or before. a contender, whoever loses this belt title shot. You know, because I, I believe, you know, TJ had the title. He was the best 135er. There wasn't anybody touching him. His his poor choice in life is what cost him. We all um, like him. Right? And I think that he's paid his restitution, so why shouldn't he? And to be honest with you, he has to come back better. Right, his potential to lose is higher. If you if you brought him lower here, I think he has a lot more to risk in a title fight. Fair enough. You know, I think that's a harder decision. So yeah, I think I think TJ fighting whoever the number one can, whoever loses this, or for the title. All right. Now, in a fight with Dominic, how do you see it going? With TJ and Dom? Yeah. Um. I think that I think TJ could win the fight this time with Dominic. I think he'd learn his lessons where he made mistakes. Um, he's had plenty of time to research and study um, and go from there. Uh, I'm pretty sure just don't be as emotional as he was. 
Do you think that was a big part of that? Oh, for sure. Right? Well, TJ's a, a pressure counterfight. Well, TJ can fight in many different styles. First off, I'm going to tell you that. He can fight in many different styles and strategies. That's something like TJ is very versatile, right? When he was fighting with Dom, he was being a pressure counterfighter. He was trying to run Dominic over. And what does Dominic do best? He pulls you in and then he evades, right? He's a fun guy. He's an entertaining guy to watch. He looks yeah. like he's about to start breakdancing at any well, point. That's exactly, well, that's the rhythm. People aren't used to that much motion, right? Go try to hit a tennis ball swinging. That's, it's hard, right? And all that guy's doing that. And then when you try to go get him, something he's really great at is like when you go to get him aggressively, boom, catching you coming in and then cutting an angle. Or he fakes or faints and then you blitz him and then he pulls a boom, you know? Uh, or you, you sit back and you lay back and then he hits you a couple times and antagonizes you. So, uh, I mean, as far as MMA goes, is that sort of a Mayweather style of, mm. of avoiding and then... That would be more of a Pacquiao or a Lomachenko. Okay. Right? It, it, a lot of it. Like, look at Lomachenko. Except for Lomachenko's like right in the pocket with you. But he's always faking and fainting and giving you... He's got this rhythm that he creates. And then you try to hit him. He's like, whoop, whoop, whoop. Boom! Hit you. Whoop! And he's out. Or he turns you. It's the same thing Dominic does. It... Uh, Conceptual-wise. Okay. How they go about it is different. Completely different, yeah. Right? But that's that's exactly it. So, uh, I think TJ... I think TJ should pull in Dominic Cruz. Use Cody Garbrandt's strategy. Make 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 Dominic Cruz lead. Don't buy his, don't buy his crap. He's going to break dance for you. Yeah, see that? But that's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. It depends... See, that's what I would have had TJ done when he was the champion. I'd have had him pull in. See, something that Dominic Cruz was doing when, when he fought Cody is he had... He, I, if I was Dom, I would have laid back there, too. He was the champion. Make Cody bring the fight to you. You see? Yeah. So now he's leading. And anytime you lead in a, in a fight, right, or you open up, what I mean is you lead, you start leading with punches or strikes or whatever, you're vulnerable. And that's where the counterfighter comes in play, right? Counter-striker. So I would make... If Dominic is the champion, TJ's going to have to go after him somewhat. Okay? But I would be selective about how I did that. If TJ's fighting Dom for the contender, then TJ could lay back and make Dom do the work and time him. Like Cody Garbrandt did. Right? Yeah. I mean, the more film you get on people, the more you understand what their tendencies are. Dominic's movement, but see, TJ's already been in there. TJ understood what's going on. I think TJ could catch Dom with a head kick because uh, Dominic moves out this way a lot. <clears throat> also, leg kicks. TJ could just, like, in the fourth and fifth round when TJ fought Dom, he just leg kicked the crap out of him. I personally think TJ won the fight. I'll be honest with you, the more that I watch it, I think TJ won the fight, but the refs put a lot of emphasis on the wrestling. So you see what I'm saying? You've held mitts for for TJ, correct? Uh, no, I held some in class. Okay, like I, I held a couple times, not a lot with TJ. Do you ever get a chance to, to feel like his power with a with a kick uh, or, or with a punch? Yeah, with hands. He's he's extremely fast too. Like you wouldn't expect to see how fast he is, but he's fast too. And then like watching him hit mitts, I've watched him hit mitts. I probably watched him hit mitts with Dwayne probably like hundred hours worth of time. Over the years, um, he hits he hits hard. He hits hard. 
I'm like a 200 and some odd pound man. I think he hits harder than I do. I mean, he's super efficient, got good leverage. Like, he hits hard, you know? But also, he's got hand speed. That was something that I noticed. Uh, there was a video one time I was doing a class with him, or uh, a demo with him, and he did uh, a combination. Something that surprised me was exactly how fast, how fast his hands were. That impressed me. So, do we have any other fights we want to talk about on that? Card? Yeah, there's Amanda Nunes. Okay, so Amanda Nunes, who's she fighting? Felicia uh, Felicia Spencer. Kind of want to see her fight Felice Herring, and they can do it on uh, they can do it in a, like an American Ninja type competition. Give them both swords and see what happens. I'm just gonna be honest, Amanda Nunes is gonna kill that girl. Uh, Amanda Nunes is. Uh, She's, she's a, the goat. Dude. She, she is, is the baddest woman on the planet. I think that she might be the baddest woman ever. Like <coughs> you, you used to be Corona. able to have that conversation. You used to, I mean, she's yeah, she's bodied some human beings. I would I would really like to see her versus Demetrius Johnson in a in a grappling competition. I just um, want to watch her fight. She just go fight a man. She go fight a man. She punched like a man. She does. She really does. And she yeah. knocked out Chris Cyborg, dude. She's Who a does bad that? motherfucker. Who does that? She's a bad motherfucker. There's no question. Yeah. By the way, she's soon to be a mother. So yeah, I guess she's a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think. I, I mean, I got. I got hope for Felisa, but she's, that's not happening. I'm just gonna tell you that now. It'd have to be a freak thing, like Amanda blew out her knee or something, blew out her own knee or something. Because like I've watched Felicia, she gets hit too much. She's gonna get hit by Amanda. It's gonna be over. She's gonna get knocked out. Do you think that she could take, uh, I don't know, at, at 145, who do you think, uh, for men, who do you think she hits harder than? I, you know what I'd say? I think Amanda should fight at 135, and I think she'd have more knockout power and be more devastating against the men. So who do you put her in at 135? You, let's say you could make it and there's no, there's, there's no argument or issues about a man fighting a woman. Who would you put her in against? You're a favor. And the reason I say that, well, just just because, uh, just to see, you know, first off, like, is she as fast as a man? Because I know she can hit like a man. So at least given Uriah, he's a little, you know, he's just came out of retirement. He's a little more on the bottom end of the one thirty five pound division. I'd love to see that, right? Where she's at, Peter Yawn. But I think if Peter hit her, like, dude, that guy hits hard, bro. Yeah, she's also she's also getting hit generally by women who probably hit like women. There you go. It's See, a shitty so, way to put it. So, yeah. are all so you got to put her against your my ass. You got to put her against Uriah. Yeah. Let me, let me so just so that the woman hitting is like. Let know. me put this make this very clear. If you are a woman who fights in any division of the UFC, you can fuck me up. All right. I know. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You, she hits like a man, and that's not like a that's not like a uh, like a negative thing. She hits like a strong man that knows how to hit. That's exactly it. She's world. Uh, I have nothing but respect for Amanda Nunes. She's a monster. I would, I would like to see her at, at, at But I'd like to see what she would do, right? If, if, if she knocked out Uriah, well, then obviously let's bring her to the upper echelons, right? I want to see her and Demetrius Johnson in a grappling contest just because Demetrius Johnson is a, he's a he's Yeah, but a, Amanda's a not artist. that great grappler. You know? I, I heard she was black belt. I know there are different types of black Demetrius belts. I understand. did like a judo throw to an arm bar, man. Okay, so you see he's a saying? wizard. Yeah, no, okay. I get it. So how, get like, it. Amanda's like, I'll get on top of you and ground and pound you. You know, you see what I'm saying? So submission-wise, is it that entertaining? Mm. I, I think Demetrius would beat her, personally. Who would you want to see Demetrius against in a grappling contest? Ryan Hall? 
Carrie Tone. <laughs> man. Eddie Bravo. Eddie Bravo, Demetrius Johnson. Oh, man. You know what? I would... I would Ferg and, Ferg and Demetrius. There grappling. you go. God, that would yeah. be so much fun to watch. Um, yeah, I mean, there's... That's Ryan Hall would be fun, but he'd heel hook him. <sighs> Ryan's pretty gangster, dude, especially at that move. Ryan is a bad human yeah, being. He, he's amazing. I, he's my favorite grappler, bar none. He's as a, far as, like, you know, knowledge and strategy and concepts, like, Ryan Hall's a sharp dude. Now, is he... He's not a, a John Donner guy, is he? No, he used to train... Um, Probably gonna be someone in the comments who's lighting me on fire for this. Um, I can't remember his name. Um, Shout out to that guy. Uh, no, I know. Um, I don't want to say it. Uh, I can Google it. I'll Google it. Um, so, who at one thirty-five? Let's let's talk about. Let's run it back a little bit. Your um, one of your athletes, uh, Victor Rodriguez. Yeah, is currently the one thirty-five AFC champion. Um, have you guys been contacted for for an upcoming fight for the next season, or have you guys been in any kind of discussion like for that? For what what are we doing? Uh, for defending the belt. Um. Well, we just got to look at. Uh, man, I'll have to send it to you again. I know I, I know the guy's name for his coach. I'm just not remembering. Somebody's probably already got in the comment comments telling us how much we suck. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so um, for for Victor, we haven't had any stuff because everything's been down uh, as far as like the quarantine and stuff. Um, we're looking at trying to. We'd like to defend the belt, obviously later this year. Um, Jared, I think, is looking to maybe get another fight in somewhere, and then maybe that potential rematch might be there. Do Vic and Jared again? We haven't even talked to anybody or anything like that, but that's what we're thinking. Um, there's this other guy that fought John George. Um, John George dislocated his elbow. That guy won. I think he's 5-0. and Okay. Um, like to see Vic fight that guy. Why? Well, because that's a contender, right? Yeah. And then if they want to rematch, that's fine. We're looking at the fights. Um, we got things in the works outside of here. So we'll see what goes on with that, too. Or, you know, yeah. um, maybe look into, try to get into UFC, try to get into Bellator, you know. But, I mean, you know, we, we'll see, right? Contender, maybe. Yeah. You know, um, we're we looking. We just want a belt in the AFC. It's a, it, it is, well, it is a big Jared, deal. Yeah, Jared was a real competitor, dude. Um, Toby uh, Misek beat Jared, took a couple more fights. I think he went to Contender Series and then, or uh, went to a couple different things and then went to Bellator, right? So it's definitely a stepping stone. Yeah, you know, there's things in the works, right? Not really gonna. I, I mean, yeah. I could tell you more, but I'm not gonna tell you on air, right? Yeah. So there's there's more things going on, um, especially with the stuff with the UFC. You know, uh, yeah, we'll see. But as far as locally, <clears throat> I think one more fight here, especially because everything's weird right now. We'd love to get Vic in, get him another fight against that. Uh, I forget the guy's name. Um, and then if we wanted a rematch against Jared, then we'd be more than, you know, if Jared wins his fight against a worthy opponent, then we'd be more than glad to make that fight happen. So, a few years ago, we attempted to make a fight. I think this is while you were in Colorado, uh, and we were talking to Victor. And did, by, by the way, for those of you who have not 
watch Victor fight. Please go to UFC Fight Pass. Check out his fight against Jared Mazeric. It's yeah. a hell of a fight. Yeah. Uh, also, check it out on, um, was it Mixcloud? Um, on or no, SoundCloud? SoundCloud. You can just go to, you, in my in my uh, podcast feed, you yeah. can listen to the, the actual yeah, or breakdown. The, yeah, we should do that, that so fight. you know you know what's up. Yeah, you can understand that there's a there was a strategy behind everything. Oh, just a little, um, little baby one. So, um, Victor had agreed to fight um, a guy, a local fighter. You know him. Our viewers and listeners may not. Sean Whitmore, who is a heavyweight. Oh, Sean and Vic. Sean and so yeah, Sean is a real heavyweight. Two fifty, two sixty, two eighty at one point. And he was, and Victor was down to fight him. Of course. Yeah. Fucking love that guy. We also tried to make a tag team wrestling match. Yeah. He and Parker against the Whitmore brothers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, however, uh, however, Coach Parker, he put the I think he put the kibosh on that really quickly. Well, um, wait, was it was Vic supposed to fight Sean standing up or MMA? I think this was going to be an MMA fight. Um, and and the 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 the, the way that, that that Matt put the kibosh on it was like if if Sean connects even a little bit and hurts Victor, could you live with that? Well, I don't think I was down. Sh- for Sean's been hit by Nate, so or Vic's been hit by Nate. That's all you need to know. See, I don't think that I had, I knew that or I had had that discussion with anyone when uh, I had the conversation. Yeah, with Nate's Matt. six two and nasty Nate's two, under yeah, the like two hundred forty, two hundred fifty. Also pounds. a heavyweight. Also a heavyweight. Vic spars him. Vic spars me. What's the difference between the other guy? Like, to be honest with you, Sean takes people down. He throws some punches and then takes them down. That's why I asked if it was standing. Because if it's standing, Sean, you know, Sean can hit and he's got some hands and it, you know, could rock Vic for sure. But Vic has knockout power. So if Vic touched Sean, too, that's a lot. You know, that would be a good fight. I, I know Vic like hits Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, would be a, it would be a fun fight yeah, to Vic, watch. Vic hits hard. So you're saying that we could have made this fight. Yeah, I mean, dude, think about, hey, uh, what was it, <clears throat> back in the day, um, what's his name, Mr. Perfect, Ernesto Hoost, against uh, the big guy. You remember who I'm, uh, no. Bob Sapp. Okay. You ever see that fight? No, no, I've Bob seen Bob Sapp. Bob Sapp was Sapp. like 380, 410 pounds against uh, Ernesto Hoost, which was like, I think, 100 or 200 pounds. Or 100, see, it's like the same fight. That, that was a crazy fight. If you guys haven't seen it, Bob Sapp or Nesta Who's While you're down the Bob Mr. Sapp Perfect. rabbit hole, watch his fight with Noguera. You you have a new appreciation for how fucking tough uh, Noguera is. Bob oh. Sapp was like, remember? do you remember Jeremiah Hunley? I do not remember. Rest his soul, he passed away a few years ago. But that guy, like, that guy could have been, he could have fought Bob Sapp. Jeremiah was 380. And he could do the splits and head kick like a Taekwondo artist. He was a freak, dude. I mean, in a positive way. He really was. He was amazing. Bob Sapp had cereal. Yeah, that's it. Like Bob Bob Sapp was a real hero in Japan. Oh, for sure. He was he was almost a cartoon character. The the supplementation was, was amazing. Yeah, that he was well, on Pride and Pride was one of those places where like anything but weed went. Um, right. You know, yeah. like they didn't give a shit if you were the only thing they were testing for was like weed and cocaine and I think yeah. that like that wasn't even that serious yeah. like I think don't, the weed was don't worry about the 11 kinds of steroids that you're on I mean <laughs> everybody as long as you're not doing weed and cocaine and Chael Sona made a really good point about um, those guys that when they came to the UFC they were deflated they were slower and they were just were not well, nearly as good that's, you had I'm pro 
steroids in a lot of ways. I'm probably you're a grown up. You figure yeah. it out. Well, you know? I think it's an enhancement. If everybody has the enhancement, then what's the difference? I think if everyone has long, access to it, as long as yeah, that's what I'm saying. And everyone's as long on as the it's same not page. hurting anybody, right? You know what I mean? Like, because you want to protect your athletes, you want your athletes to be good, yeah. right? But like using science, so you'd have doctors involved in whoever had the best science, and then you know that's the truth, right? Like seeing what your athletes are up to, you know. But I think the big difference there is you're you're talking about like a like a combat sport. So if you're talking yeah. about like basketball or, or but when, I think it changes a little bit when the the goal is to separate a person from their consciousness. What about gene editing? Oh, that's what, coming. Well, you, that's no, but that's what I'm yeah, saying, yeah. right? Oh, like oh, so eventually okay. you're going to have a bunch of enhanced human beings with great, better genetics born that way. So. You're not going to allow them into the sports because the young. last of the real men is fighting a cyborg. Right? Yeah, yeah no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what you know. I mean, who knows? And and that will happen. You'll you'll have one of those freak shows. You have born in a lab to 62 dads and one mother, right. raised by former UFC. That's, that's the Russian guy yeah. from Rocky. <laughs> yeah, you basically <laughs> got that. Ivan Drago. You're yeah. going to have a whole bunch of Ivan Dragos who were paid for um, essentially by. Uh, um, by us, the by, fans. There'll be us, the fans, by um, corporations, by um, by hedge funds. This yeah. person is so and so as an investor. Yeah. Um, this they'll be they'll be developing fighters. You're gonna have that that Mark Cuban kid in places in Wuhan, and that's what's gonna be released. The fighters will be released out of Wuhan. Dude, they, they've combined <laughs> the, the laboratory of yeah of a of a chimpanzee. And Anderson Silva, be, and it's gonna armbar your fucking head off. There'll be viruses in their punches, so oh, when they hit shit. you, you'll get you know contaminated. You get double dose. Yeah, that's exactly what'll happen. You get, it's two like a hit double them with shot three of coronas and a SARS. You got <laughs> you get, you got a shin to the skull like a T-bone bat, and then that shin is attached to immediate painful anthrax. 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 Yeah. It's like shit released. your pants before yeah. you die. Um, <laughs> it's <like> mustard gas. <laughs> So, so you, okay, what's up? next next fight, something like uh, I want to see this one. I'm excited for, and I can't pronounce this guy's name. Uh, well, Francis Ngannou, and then Jarhar in Ho Rosenstruck. I think yeah, another big beastly. I'm movie. excited for that fight. You remember when Francis was the guy was the guy whose name we couldn't pronounce? Yeah. And now Francis, now he's been shown up, and that's how you know, like Jahir is an Eno. Is that he's his a name? superhero. Like he's become a superstar at this point. We can all pronounce his name. Before it was like that gigantic dude from France um, via Cameroon. Yeah. Have now, you seen this card? There's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and they're all like pretty solid. Uh, headliners. Any these, one of these could be a main event. And and some of those were. So the Francis fight, if I recall correctly, was supposed to be a main event for a fight night. So right. they're I mean they're taking what was essentially going to be um, the, the UFC greatest hits of like the last four events and they're stacking it on one because they weren't allowed to have it. And I think that's great. I think doing yeah. that for your pay per views is a beautiful thing. I like when And they UFC should only that. charge what they would originally charge. They sh they better not mark it up. I don't I'd, be, I'd be really disappointed if they do. I don't well, like Mayweather Pacquiao, right? Okay, but that and I mean, it all costs a little bit more to do that one because you've got a you have guaranteed purses for everyone and like that sort of thing. 
um, was like a one night marriage. All of these guys are, you know, they're all under contract with the UFC. Um, and I, you know what? If they're gonna, if they're gonna have the rest, if most of the rest of the card for Connor and Cowboy, which was a pay per view, <laughs> thanks, man. A lot of that card sucked. Um, and and it should if if I, I think that it should have been on on a, a free card. I think that, that should have been a fight night. But because it's Connor and it's Cowboy, you got to make it a pay per view. But you keep it the same price. Cool. If yeah. they, I don't imagine that they're going to jack this up to eighty or ninety or. I hope not. Times. I really. I mean, well, see, the UFC has also been down too. Yeah, and um, they haven't been able to provide any shows. So that's what I was worried. They, they load up the card. They charge more. That way, you get the value of like two cards, you know, for the price of one, but you get a ton of title fights, you know. I'm excited about Fighter Island. I'm excited for that too. So, for those of you at home or at work or wherever and aren't familiar with UFC's Fighter Island, basically Dana White out in international waters is building the infrastructure his name for is his soon. <laughs> international fighters. To come and have their Fatality. have their place. Yeah, it's a fucking Kumite. I want to say it's like Bobby King who was saying it's like more, it's Mortal Kombat. Basically, so it is. He's Shang Tsung. Basically, gonna go out there He's and on Fighter Island. And why wouldn't you? I mean, why wouldn't you have all, make at least the main event walk out to the the uh, Mortal Kombat theme? Absolutely. That's the only way to do it. Other than that, I, uh, aside from that, you're you're you're, you're so. What do you self, think self on the Francis fight? I think I think there's one of two ways because this is how all big heavy knockout fights or fighters go. Someone's getting knocked out early, or, or it's going to be, be the, the most boring fight of all times, right? Yeah. And and right now, uh, Francis Ngano is batting, uh, you know, 500 for the worst fights of all time. Yeah. Um, so this guy might bring it to Francis. If I, Francis lays back too much, I this think guy this has guy, to. I, I think yeah, I think so too. I think that this is if if. Francis wants to fight for the belt again before he goes. Man, we can go down to some deep conspiracy theories because uh, he's getting shout-outs from The Rock. Like that dude's going to be an action star real soon. For WWE, yeah, why not? Um, well, he's yeah, a freak of nature. I think you're going to see him in movies. Uh, I think yeah. Francis has already been in yeah. something, um, but he's going to be he's going to be a dude who can speak French, and then uh, you know you can put him in a bunch of different roles. But if he wants to be UFC champion, then he has to win. Now, yeah. if this guy, um, whose name I can't pronounce, wants to make movies in three years, we'll just call him J Master. We're going to call him J Master. He's yeah. going to uh, he's going to have to run through Francis. He's yeah. going to have to uh, he's going to have to bring it to Francis the way Francis used to bring it. To so, who do you think? I think Francis is still Francis, and he's got a lot of the the UFC machine experience. Him. Yeah, um, hungry fighter. I think that uh, J Master. You know, uh, I think he's hungry. And that could be dangerous, you know? I mean, you always got to respect the power. Yeah. But also wrestling, maybe. I, I don't know. I haven't really watched this guy fight. I've seen him knock a lot of people out. Uh, every time I've seen him, he's rendered somebody unconscious. I wonder how his wrestling is. Because that would be perfect for against Francis. If you're a strong heavyweight wrestler, you can you can beat Francis Ngannou, maybe, yeah. um, if he doesn't punch you in the head. I know Francis is training, um, it, or was training, with Eric at, uh, at uh, Couture MMA. Yeah, he was down, I, I don't know yeah. if he's still at Extreme Couture. Yeah. Um, I know he was going to um, the uh, Performance Institute as well. Yeah. yeah. So, you got... You know, great gym, uh, great teammates, mm. and then you've got Coach Eric's uh, a BMT coach too, as well. Okay, so he's got some ninja stuff. He knows what's up as well. If Francis is going to throw, if Francis ever throws a question mark kick, 
um, he's going to be the greatest murderer ever. No, that's what I didn't understand. Um, and uh, um, who was his last fight? Man, I, I haven't really like focused on that stuff. I've been in my own world on it. Francis got heavy, heavy hands. He's this real big dude, and in the heavyweight division, people don't kick a lot. His legs are three times the size of his arms. Francis should be kicking, and then the more that people get aware of his kicking, or they're staying long outside of his hand range, you should kick him. I, I was watching a video where he was working low kicks, and he, I don't know if it was against Stipe. Yeah, it was Stipe. I think it was Stipe. I think, I think that, you know, Francis should have kicked him. Just like back in the day when, um, when Overeem fought Stipe. The first thing that Stipe talked about after his fight with Overeem was, damn, that guy can kick hard. So I, I always thought that Overeem could beat Stipe with a head kick because he was kicking him with his left leg, kicking him with his left leg, bringing his arm down, bringing him his arm down, and, and just uh, Overeem never went back to the head. So Francis, I think, threw a kick against Stipe, but he should have gone back to that more, right? To to went to to set Stipe up because when Stipe was talking, he was like, he's like the first thing in the interview is like, man, Overeem can kick hard, so you know if you can get his respect, he's thinking about that, right? Yeah. And the more that he's thinking about that, you kick into the body, kick into the body, kick, boom, head kick, right, setting it up. Um, anyways, that would have been a great. Uh, I think Francis should implement that. Some front kicks, big guys moving in, trying to get a hand. Front kicks to the face and some good kicks to the body, right? The liver or whatever. I think that'd be great for Francis to add. Instead of just throwing, because he's got a great left hand, left uppercut, right? He's like murders everybody with that uppercut, right? Um, got to do other things to set other things up, right? But I think I think Francis should work on kicking. For sure. Hands set up feet, feet set up hands, you know? Scary human being. Yeah, he, he really is. And when I watch him hit pads and he's kicking, he's always, there. he's low kicking. But then when the fight comes, he doesn't low kick. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's devastating. And how do you beat people with punching power? Like, kick them. Kick their legs. That's their base. Beat that up. They ain't going to move the same. They're heavyweights. Um, what they were explosive, it's going to slow them down. Is Uriah Hall on this card? I know yeah, he originally no. was on this card. Dude, there's like fighting Jacare. Yeah, well, also, let's go here. First, Jeremy Stevens. Okay, little heathen. Yeah. Calvin Qatar. Okay. I think Jeremy Stevens is going to knock him out. I think that'll happen. How about Donald Cerrone, Anthony Pettis? I go with Pettis. It's going to go the same way. You yeah. ready? I'm going to call it. Okay, I'll call this one. Okay. Fight Donald Cerrone, Southpaw. Kick him in the liver. Get on him soon in the first round. Who was how, how, how did who how, beat how him did, with the liver shot? How did how did Cerrone how did Cerrone or how did uh, how did Connor fight him? Southpaw. Yeah, and then uh, and got on him early, right? Got on him quick because Cerrone is a slow starter. How did Pettis beat him before? Liver shot. Southpaw. Southpaw. Got on him early. Went to the body, right? Yeah. Okay, there you go. Was it? Was it? I'm, I'm trying to remember who it was that knocked him out with a liver shot, and it might have been Pettis. Yeah, it was Pettis. But yeah, it kicked him in the liver. Pettis is like he's he's got kicks like a like a baseball bat, and I think that 
That's what people don't understand. These dudes kick really, really hard, well, and they've been doing it for a long time. Well, he has Taekwondo, but here the only deal is with uh, Anthony is is that like he likes to take his time. That's what's been happening. How do you beat Anthony? Rush him. Pressure. Him. Don't pressure. Stop. Get in his face, right? That was, that's yeah. it. That's no. That's, that's where one. Yeah. Yeah. When you're watching fighting, like there's only so many really strategies. It depends on who implements them. You know whose day is it, right? Yeah. Most people's defense sucks. They focus on their offense. Right? I always teach my guys how to evade and get out of the way more than I teach them to go forward. I teach that later because that's easier. I'll teach you more complex and complicated concepts. Why? Because the average guy on the street, let's just say this for self-defense, what is he going to do? He's going to be mad at you and he's going to throw a bunch of hands at you. Well, it's easier for his offense to overwhelm your defense, right? Well, what if you have good footwork, good base, and you have better defense than his offense? And then he's standing in the center of the ring trying to figure himself out. So it's the same thing. Not, and, and I'm not being disrespectful to any of the UFC fighters. They're so above me, right? But strategy, concept, fight-wise, defense. Make defense, footwork, and evasion your primary goal. Look at Israel Asanya. Look at TJ Dillashaw. Right? Look at Dominic Cruz. Israel's a fun one to watch. Well, he uses a lot of, I mean, I could say BMT. He uses techniques from the BMT system because they were around before, right? You know, before he, you know, um, um, also he's a kickboxer. So city kickboxing, like they're they're amazing. They they've come along, but there's a lot of techniques that you see those guys do that Dwayne has done for years before those guys were. So, so, but then, then you, you go into like no ideas, original, and everyone is incorporating what works for them, and then dumping out what what uh, doesn't work. We're getting to the point in combat that it's going to start to balance out, and you've seen every trick and trade. Finally, UFC's there since 1993. It's getting to that point. <laughs> now it's like because you can see the boxing and the countering in time, you know, um, in the striking, and then you have higher level kickboxers. You know what I mean? Everybody is aware of jujitsu. <coughs> There's no more secrets in jujitsu. Everybody's aware of techniques in wrestling. Right? There's no more secret wrestling moves. Striking now is to the evolution where there's more fakes and feints and their timing is on point. Kind of like kickboxing in a way, right? They're that level. Now it's how they put it together and how efficient they are. And there's only, I mean, there's certain strategies based off of that that you could put together um, for people's success based on that other person's strengths and weaknesses. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then it just becomes who's good that night, right? Or whose skill set is best, or who's the best athlete. You know, conditioning is king, right? Cardio's always king. You could be a technical master, but if your cardio sucks, you're dead. You, you know? Yeah. Right? So. That's where, in my opinion, I think combat has got. You can see um, it's getting to the point of mastery. Now, with the coaches and what's good, everything is more for MMA. Before, it was like kickboxing and wrestling and jujitsu and, you know, boxing. Now, it's MMA. And all of these concepts before, like from boxing, they had a lot of feints and fakes and subtle movements all the time. But you could see that a lot more in MMA today. You know, they're striker. Everybody's better. Yeah. And everybody knows it, and they shortcut it to be more efficient. That's where we're at with that stuff. 
It just becomes who implements it better on that day. Okay. You see what I'm saying? So, 2009, uh, peak Anderson Silva. Okay. Okay. You yeah, throw him in there. Gee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was magical. He was punching uh, Damian Maya in the leg just because he could. Um, yeah, because you should. There, there's a great thing. That guy's a great jiu-jitsu guy. Anderson Silva's well-rounded. His striking's great enough and his wrestling's good enough. Uh, or his striking is like his primary asset, right? And his jiu-jitsu is, he's a black belt. He's good, but he ain't a six-time world champion Damian Maya black belt. Yeah. Why would I go down on the ground with you? Damian Maya's striking wasn't good enough to deal with Anderson Silva's striking. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Kept him up and beat him up. Yeah, yeah there you go, right? Um, That's back in the day. Good. You know. So 2009, 2010, <laughs> Anderson Silva, you throw him in against uh, Israel Adesanya now. I think Israel would still potentially beat Anderson. Why? Because Israel knows Anderson's tricks. You see, you see what I'm saying. So let's say Israel doesn't see uh, Anderson Silva's tricks, and they're just that way. Who knows? Uh, Israel might be reckless because he is. You know, he's arrogant a little bit um, and intense, but yet. Anderson would be able to use his strategies to, yeah. to pick him off. But Israel's, dude, Israel's a hell of a kickboxer. You ever look at yeah. yeah. Oh, he's he, fun to watch. Yeah, he's a great kickboxer. He's good at what he does. He's yeah. very, very good at what he does. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. I mean, and I thought, like, when you watch that fight, they were both faking and feigning each other. That kind of nullifies. You see that a lot, right? It, fainting is great to open up an aggressive fighter, or it's great to nullify a fighter. Um, so you're tricking them so they don't know when you're moving in. When you have two people fainting, <laughs> they're fainting and faking can offset themselves, make them kind of boring too. That's kind of what happened a little bit in that fight, right? Yeah. So uh, when you're talking about confusing and you're talking uh, and, and fakes, um, do you mean similar to, um, going back to the Habib-Connor uh, fight, Habib landed the overhand right, I believe it was in the second round mm -hmm. of faking a takedown, just... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Level change, that's exactly it. He used his wrestling to set up what? The, the striking. The, the striking, yeah. So if you if you have them worried about your takedowns, uh, then you can go up top and it's less of a risk for you. If you if they're if they they're thinking you're going to shoot for them, why wouldn't you throw a knee? Why wouldn't you get out of the way? Why don't you do uh, so, a thousand? So it's, it's how you create, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um also this too, I'll just throw this out there. Uh, Connor likes to pull cross. Okay, and he's just like pull cross. Pull cross. So if they throw a we're open stance, okay. okay, which is southpaw versus orthodox or orthodox versus southpaw, depending on your perspective. Somebody throws a cross at you, you will pull to the inside angle, so the cross goes by, and then you time them. So they're committed to the shot, and you time them. So the pull cross, Connor's used to pulling on straight shots. What did Khabib throw? He threw the overhand right. He threw an arcing shot. So something that Connor did when he tried to slide out of the way, like when he fought Eddie Alvarez, Eddie Alvarez threw the straight and he uh, moved his head offline, and Connor could just slightly get out of the way and still hit Eddie, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas, so he used a tight pull. Whereas when he was fighting Khabib, Connor's used to the straight, so he pulled tight. Khabib faked the takedown. Connor was going to look to counter him with the, like a, like the pull to get out of the way, 
and Khabib threw the through the overhand. So the arcing shot came at a different angle, which is what clipped Connor. So there was a lot of things actually going there based off of like Connor's tendency. And so. then use yeah, you know, so here's Connor's tendency and what Connor tends to do. And then here's what Khabib tends to do. So Khabib used what he tended to do to get Connor to tend to do what he does so he could counter him. Shout out to Javier Mendez and uh, and Habib's dad for for watching a lot of tape. Yeah, um, well, that's fighting, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you, if you guys are people just in a garage anymore and you're trying to make it big, you need to study film and you need to educate yourself. Well, even the guys that were in cage join Bang Muay Thai, join Bang Muay Thai, um, and Mountain Jiu Jitsu. Just join AK Forty Nine completely. Just yeah. just commit AK-49 yourself to it. AK Forty Nine Martial Arts. That's it. Um, by the way, I'm very I'm excited for the gym to open back up because I missed my five o'clock jujitsu. Like there was, it was something to wake. It's it's, it doesn't seem like it's much of a challenge to do it anymore when you wake up and it's nice outside. But when it's twenty below and you've got to go outside, start your car and warm it up, um, to go get choked by by your friends. Like you have to really want to be there. Yeah, well, that's good. You know, um, and so I. Don't get me wrong. I'm not bitching about it not being 20 below anymore. Um, but it, but there was something extra to it. There was something extra from the pain of like walking out, like covered in sweat, walking to your car when it's 20 below to go back to your house. Like there's there's something to that. There's a strong uh, there's an well, extra. Something I'll touch on fun. here, super important, is with all this uh, quarantine. If food supplies would have been cut off, everywhere would be crazy, mm-hmm. right? So it's more important now that you learn how to defend yourself and more than ever. You need functional martial arts. You need to know how to box. You need to know how to do jiu-jitsu, ground fight. You need to know how to defend yourself. You need that. You got to learn how to fish. The, yeah, Fuck well, yeah. And, and I was going to say All also, shits. like fishing, hunting, um, like uh, dealing with knife defense. Preparedness. Like, Man, I, I'm just gonna tell you that. Like you, like people need to wake up because, like, if you would have seen in the cities when they started to riot, like it wasn't much different before people would have been shooting at people and stuff. People are gonna come take your things. Humanity gets really squirrely when you, you're not prepared. And in in this world, I'm learning. I wasn't even close to prepared. I'm gonna change how I live my life for sure because of this. I don't think enough people will. Like yeah. that's what that's the part that scares me is that yeah. we as humanity got a gigantic wake up call, right? Um, and we're still kind of in the middle of it. We still have to yeah. prepare. Um, we still have to prepare for the next thing. We still have to make sure we're ready for tomorrow. But I think that a lot of people aren't going to heed that warning. Uh, as soon as this, the the bullshit opens up, people are going to be back to their bullshit lives. Why is that? Because the the bullshit is comforting. See, that's exactly... That's, man, you're so on it, Will. You're such a G. They don't want to adapt. And the only human... Just nature in general, those that adapt are the ones that survive. Like, like that's just... That's protect just, your neck. That's just the truth, right? That's yeah. just the truth, right? So people want to go back to the way it was. They don't want to have to get out of their comfort zone and grow or adapt to their environment. We now have to realize, like, we need to adapt. The government, yes, they saved us now, but what if it was like a real virus? Like, and I mean, a legit, like, people, like, 
let's say bubonic plague, you know, or and and more uh, contagious, just like this. Had a longer incubation period. It uh, it was super contagious, but yet it treated you like the bubonic plague. The government shut down. The world shut down. People are like people are dying left and right. There's no food transports. It's pretty much the apocalypse. What are you gonna do? You better have the preppers didn't have it wrong. You know, everybody kind of like used to like look at the preppers and they were like, oh, you're being ridiculous. You should be able to have yourself prepared. That's it. You know, could it happen? It could happen. Shoot, you know, there's a lot of like terrible things, atrocities that could happen. Start taking it upon yourself to not be a victim. Protect yourself. Learn how to protect yourself. That's your that's your job. That's why I, like, I teach my kid how to fight, not because I want him to be a fighter. I want him to learn not to be the victim. It's your responsibility to not be the victim. It's your choice. You can go lift weights and look vain, have big muscles, but somebody over here knows something you don't, they're going to choke you. So how good was that? It wasn't a good expenditure of time. It was a vain activity so that you looked good. Your job not to be the victim. That's true. You know, the government, in a lot of ways, certain people and certain perspectives in the government, they want you to be the victim. They don't want you having guns. They don't want you having these items. They don't want you, you know, doing these certain things. You should do that for yourself within the law. You need to know how to shoot guns. You need to know how to hunt. You need to go out and do that. Because one day, just like I know here, there was no meat. I went in the stores and at Safeway there was like no meat. It's great that I had a freezer full of salmon, huh? I learned how to fish. I stocked it up. I, a stockpile in there. I had some food. You know what I mean? So yeah. if it went down, I had holes. I didn't have rice. Should have had rice. Should have a big 50-pound bag of it. You know? So as far as things with kind of the world, how it's changing now, don't let yourself be a victim.